All right. <laughs> what time is it? Oh, there we go. I love it. Let's stand up and spread out and have a good time. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. You're the only hope among the chaos. You are the voice that calls me on. Louder than every lie, my sword in every fight, the truth will change. Away the night Your name is power over darkness Freedom for the captives Mercy for the broken and the hopeless Your name is faithful in the battle Glory in the struggle Mighty, you will never stand or fail us Your name is power Your name is power. I know it is written, hope is certain. I know that the word will never fail. And I know that in every situation, you speak the power to prevail. Louder than every light, my sword in every fight, the truth will chase away the night. Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Hope arrives in heaven, opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe that change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Light arrives in heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe that change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. Your name is power over darkness. Freedom for the captives. Mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle. Glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power.
King of kings and Lord of lords. The blood of Jesus, there is power in the name of Jesus. Days may be darkest, but your light is greater. You light your way, God, you light our way. The evil is rising, you're rising higher. The power to save, power to save. You keep hope alive. You keep hope alive from the beginning to end. Your word never fails. You keep hope alive because you are alive. Jesus, you are alive. Death may be strongholds, but your life is stronger.
Let these words not go in vain. Let it mean something. You worship him on your own, however that might be. But I challenge you to do something and get out of your comfort zone this morning. Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run. The fountain I drink from, oh, he's my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide. The ransom for my life, oh, he's my song. Cause you are good.
of my heart. Where the mountains where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, here's my song.
You'll be the example for your families, for your friends, for your co-workers. Come and just kneel at the altar. What do you have need of, men? You need a job? You need favor? Lord, I pray for Zachary in the name of Jesus. Where are you, Zachary? Lay hands on him, Paul. Lou, will you lay hands on Zachary? Lord, we just declare in the name of Jesus that he's a free man. We cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. We cancel it. We sever those ungodly ties right now in Jesus' name. And we'll have no part with darkness. Freedom. We prophesy. We speak it. Freedom. Freedom. Favor of the Lord. Favor of the Lord where you go. Favor of the Lord where you go, Zachary. Favor of the Lord where you go, Zachary. Get him some anointing oil. Anoint him. Move, you'll anoint him. Give it to him to keep to continue to anoint himself. Start exalting the Lord. Cry out to him. Women of God in here, just put your hands towards these men that have humbly coming and bowing before the Lord. They're our example. They're our head. They're our leaders. Favor, Lord. Favor, Lord. Favor, Lord. Favor for these men of God. Favor for these men of God, Lord. In all the areas of their life, their families, their work, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Favor here, Lord. Favor, Lord. Double blessing. Favor, Lord. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out that blessing right now. Lord, that's going to be running over. They're not only going to have enough for their household, but they're going to have enough for other households. We thank you that they're an example, an example to the areas that they live in. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. For you, sir, in the back, favor come upon you. Favor come upon you. Release the blessing of the Lord to you. I release the blessing of the Lord to you. I release the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Command you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Command in the name of Jesus, Lord. Deliverance take place up here in Jesus' name. Freedom. Let's just worship God.
someone up here come and stand behind them just as we're just finishing the song just lay hands on them and let them know that you're just praying in agreement with them hallelujah and I stand in a gap for for Kate because I know that she would want to touch him pray for Chris right now in the name of Jesus who's having to take care of kids. Lord, we just ask that you release your favor upon him in the name of Jesus. That you anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that he's going to have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And all these men have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. They're going to be able to guide and direct. Give him that prophetic voice, Lord. Prophetic voice, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. Now, women, if you don't have someone here and you need to pray for a man that you know, then please do so. Just call in the favor of the Lord upon them. Forgive them, ladies. Forgive them where they've hurt you. Forgive them and let God do what they're going to do. Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, you're raising up the fivefold right up here, these men. I thank you that some are called to be apostolic, to be apostles. Jonathan, you're called to be an apostle of God. You're an apostle of God. Stan, would you lay hands on him? He's an apostle of God. Kenny, you're a prophet of God. You're a prophet of God. You're a prophet of God. Prophet of God. Come forth in the name of Jesus. And soon, we need your voice. We need your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zachary, you're going to be a minister of the Lord. You're going to be a minister of His. Hallelujah. You're going to be a testimony for Him. Hallelujah. Lord, I call forth that evangelist right now in Jesus' name. I call forth that evangelist right now in Jesus' name. Doug, you're going to be a prophet unto the nations. Hallelujah. David, you're not going to just be sound. You're a minister. You're a pastor. You're a pastor. Kent, you have a pastoral anointing upon you with a prophetic voice. Speak it in the name of Jesus. That you'll speak it with love and conviction. And people will fall on their face and worship God because of the words you speak. Hallelujah. So, Eric, in the name of Jesus, I just declare you already know you're an evangelist. But you have a pastor anointing upon you, Eric. You have a pastor anointing to go out and preach the word of the Lord. It's not just evangelist anymore. You're going to preach it. You're not going to just preach it on the streets. You're going to have a place to preach it. Lord, I pray for Jerry right now in the name of Jesus. Pastoral heart. Lord, I thank you for Chaz in the name of Jesus, Lord. A prophetic voice, Lord. But he wants to stir up that pastor anointing in you, Chaz. He wants to stir it up inside of you. There's a teaching anointing in you, Chaz. A teaching anointing. Let it come forth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Danny, teaching anointing in the name of Jesus. Michael, a prophet unto the nations. You need to rise up. You need to increase. You need to have an increase. I declare it's going to come to you in the name of Jesus. I declare it's going to come to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Paul, you have a pastoral heart. Lord, I just declare the name of Jesus that you're going to anoint him in this day. Chuck, you have a pastor calling upon your life, a pastor anointing. You will preach the word of the Lord. You're a good teacher. It's time to rise up and be that teacher. We need to hear it here at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. We need to hear that teacher that's inside of you. Tom, you already know you're a pastor, but you're an apostolic. You're an apostle. Touch hands on him. Release that apostolic anointing on him. You'll operate in all fivefold there, Tom. All fivefold in the name of Jesus. Any men that I have left out, any men here that I've left out, hallelujah. Hallelujah. One more time. We exalt thee. Please be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I forgot you, Brandon. Prophet to the nations, not just the church. God will raise you up. There's a teaching anointing in you that must come forth. We need to hear. Lord has increased a deepness within you this weekend. A deepness, something that you didn't even know could come out. You didn't know how deep it could go, but the Lord says, I'm making you like that river. Not only like a river that it's going to fall over like that waterfall, it's going to pour out, pour out. The prophetic song will come forth. Hallelujah. The prophet anointing will arise. We thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Get a lot of praise in here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when that happens, when I call the men up, I get women out there that are jealous because they weren't called up, and none of you ladies did that. I didn't pick it out once. Praise the God. Hallelujah. I mean, seriously, when we can raise up these men to be the true ministers of God they're supposed to be, and then we can follow in and help them, it's amazing what God does. It's amazing. And he uses you, ladies. You know the call you have on your life, but too many times in church, it's been turned over to women to handle, to handle everything. And it's gotten out of order. But I could sense in your heart you were ready to have the men take it back to do what they needed to do. Yay, amen. Hallelujah. And then you work together. There's respect on both sides. Hallelujah. And we know where our safe place is. 
Isn't that awesome? That's such a good place to know our safe place. It does not diminish the calling that God has put on you. It just causes it to be greater. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wow. I'm just going to stop. Not really. You know me. I'm not really going to stop. Lord, I ask you to put your anointing on Leslie. Fill her heart and mouth with your fire, with your righteousness. And also us, Lord, that we would be able to hear your voice. You would pour out your anointing on the entire congregation this morning. And that we would all be lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I'm going to talk about dreams. How many of you receive dreams from the Lord now? How many of you would like to have an increase in the dreams that you receive now? With the interpretation. Amen. How many of you receive visions? Okay, not as many hands. How many of you would like to receive visions from the Lord? Awake and non-awake, right? Amen. So let's talk about dreams. We're going to get, it's a little bit elementary. Well, not really, but it's going to kind of, it's going to help show you some things about dreams. You know, one of the things when people say, I had a dream from God, and I said, great, type it up, give it to me. But before you send it to me, give me the interpretation. You know, there's books out there that will interpret your dreams. Don't fall for that. God is speaking to you if he gives you a dream. He's speaking to you. Therefore, you spend time with him, and you ask him for the interpretation. Right? You get the interpretation. You do the work. Because most dreams are not just straightforward, are they? We want them to be. But they're not. And so we're going to talk about how do I know for sure that there's a dream that came from God. The way that you can do this is by understanding the parables. If you understand how parables worked in the, in the, in the Word of God, if you start having understanding of the parables, you're going to start having more understanding of dreams. Because parable is like interpreting a dream. Right? We have to read these parables and we're like, we have no idea what the Lord is saying. Until we have somebody starts interpreting it, then it starts making sense. But guess what? There's many times when you even read that parable in the Word that that's making sense specifically for you, and it doesn't matter what somebody else had. It's for you. So start understanding the parables, how God spoke, because that's how he's going to speak to you in the dreams. Amen? So if you have understanding of parables and how it works, then you're going to have more understanding of dreams. Now, a parable comes from the Latin word parabola, from the Greek parabole, or boli, meaning comparison. So in dreams, there's always some kind of comparison. It might not be as evident at first, and then sometimes, it, bye, Becky, I love you. Bye, Kent, I love you. Happy birthday. The word parabola may look familiar if you remember your geometry, which I don't. I hated geometry. I'm like, who cares about geometry anyway? I, you know. My, do what now? Jonathan's guy. Because <laughs> you care about geometry? You love geometry? Ah. Why didn't you? I mean, you could have laid hands on me way back when, of course, you know. That was way, way, way back in the womb, way back before the womb, way back there. Though. Anyway, the path mathematical parabola refers to a curve that is shaped like the path of something that is thrown forward and high in the air and then falls back to the ground. 
And that's the way dreams seem sometimes. It's like, it's way out there, God. I mean, it seemed like, oh, I'm on a boat. Awesome. I'm fishing. Great. I'm not catching any fish. Where's the fish, God? What's he trying to say? Right? Oh, there's trouble ahead. There's troubled waters ahead. Hmm. I can see out in the horizon there's like a big, like it looks like a tsunami coming towards me. What do I do with it? Do I get fearful? No. God is trying to tell us something, right? So it's something that's thrown in the air, going out there, and what it is for us to do is when it comes back, we have an interpretation. We need to find out what it is. Now, parable, the definition, it's usually a short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or religious principle. Dreams will always have, always have, when they're from God, always have something about a moral compass, moral attitude. Always. Whether it's for the nation, whether it's for you individually, whether it's for your church, whether it's for a group of people, it will always have something moral about it. Always. Okay? So remember that. Uh, example of the Good Samaritan. It was like a news story or a series of real events sometimes that happens. It's likened to a parable in providing an informative and instructional example or lesson. So when you receive a dream, the first thing you have to ask, even if it seems like it's a warning for America, you need to see and ask, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to tell me about myself? What are you trying to say? Because there's always some kind of lesson, some kind of information you need from this dream. It's not about just releasing it out there in the atmosphere and sounding so wonderful and so powerful like you heard from God and then never taking a moral lesson for yourself from it. I hope some of you heard that. All right, there's three types of parables. Uh, this is what they say. This just came from the Internet. Don't know who wrote it, but, but I liked what they said. <laughs> anyway, it's been noticed since the late 19th century that the parables in the Gospels fall into three groups. These are usually given the names, similitude. Sim, I know, I have so many these, these little words I have a hard time. Similitude. Which, yeah, <laughs> geometry. <laughs> which is a similarity. So sometimes the parables, they have some similarity to them. A parable is a story, you know, like it's like a sequence of events type of story. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Exemplary, and it's a, there's a typical story sometimes called an illustration where there's like a picture about it. You could just look at the picture and see the whole thing. Now, there's some examples. We'll go through some of them just so that you can start seeing how can we start interpreting our dreams. Who, now, please, again, just like I've been saying all four days, whatever we're on here, it seems like two weeks, three weeks, whatever we're on. But I love you all. Um, it seems like that there's, there's some people that say, yeah, I receive dreams, but they, they'll say, but, you know, I don't know what the interpretation is, right? So some of you, how many of you uh, understand most of the time the dreams that you get? Okay, a few. All right. Some of them, right? And then some of them you still have on that shelf. You're still waiting to see if it's the Lord or not, right? And then some day it might come back and go, oh, that, I need to pull that back down. I need to see what that's all about. All right, so remember the parable of the new cloth and new wineskins? It says in March 2, 22. 
And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred, but new wine must be put into new bottles. So what if you had some kind of dream like this? Would you have a quick understanding of it? Probably not. You'd have to take some time. You'd have to spend time with the Lord. What are you trying to show me, Lord? What are you trying to, to give me an illustration about? What is it for me that you're trying to say? Could this be, if this was like turned into a dream, could this be something that's for you specifically? Absolutely. Right? You're trying to put that, you know, that old, the new wine that I just gave you into an old bottle. You aren't cleansed. You're not turned to righteousness yet. God's giving you a warning. This is not for a nation to hear. This is for you individually, specifically to hear. Right? This, this parable is for each one of us. So we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, and we try to start doing the work of the ministry, but you haven't cleansed your life up. Right? Get cleaned up. Turn to righteousness. Turn to righteousness. Begin to find out what is unpleasing to the Lord. What are you doing that's unpleasing to the Lord? We all have something. And if you want a dream, ask the Lord what you're doing that's unpleasing to Him. <laughs> that we will have. You will get a dream, right? Turn to a nightmare. Jesus did not come to fit into the religiosity of the Jews. He did not fit into their traditions at the time. So that's one of the clues that he was saying. But this is something more important in this parable. So we can say what the others have interpreted this to be, but he's speaking to you, to me, about this right now. Amen? The parable of the lampstand. Matthew five sixteen says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So if you had a dream and you had this like this bucket or something kept covering a light, take it off, cover it up, covering the light, the, the light, covering the little um, a candle that's lit, and you wake up, you're like, Lord, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? You had that. You just had that this week, didn't you? Right here. The lamp, the the candle. Yes, right, right. So there's, you have a message there. God has given you a message. Hallelujah. Maybe there's a different place that you're supposed to go with that light. There's a light in you, you know that, shining bright, right? Some are trying to put it out, but you need to be in control of who's going to put it out, you. And move along. Amen? Amen? You're welcome. So there's parables that we can help us to understand the dreams. Also, do we allow others to see Jesus in us? So if you had some kind of dream and it was kind of showing something like that, you could take it back to the Word of God because it should line up with the Word of God. Okay? Uh, the parable of the wise and foolish builders. Matthew seven twenty four says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine... And doeth them, I will liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon a rock. So what if you had a dream and you had this nice, big, beautiful house and it's on, a, on, a, on the ocean and it's on this big rock and then all of a sudden you have to look very clearly and there's a house being demolished and then you look and it's like, that's not a rock. 
Wow, that was just destroyed because it just demolished and it just fell apart. There's sand there. So we might, we might have to say, Lord, where am I standing on sand and where am I standing on the rock? Because I want to go to that big, beautiful house that's on the rock. And that's not going to just fall. You see how this works? You have to have understanding. If you can understand a parable, then you can start understanding dreams. It's a mystery, but it's a communication that the Lord has with you. He's wanting to communicate with you. That's why I said you pray for the interpretation. Once somebody gives me an interpretation, I'm praying when I get these, and I will ask for an increased interpretation, and I'll say, what about this? They can reject it. It's their dream. Or they can say, you know what? That's right. I'm going to add that. That's right. That's what that is. That's what that's saying. But I want you to do it first. Don't ever come up to me and say, let me tell you about a dream I had. No. I'll hurt your feelings. Why should I stand there and listen to the gory details and all the details of your of your dream if you aren't even going to take time to spend it with the Lord and you type it up and you uh, reverence it and you pray about it and you get the interpretation. Why should I have to be bored? <laughs> Sorry, Stan. Stan knows. I was like, Stan, because I had a dream. Ugh. I have to sit here. And li- you know, Leslie Ann, when she was young, I had a dream, Mom. Oh, my goodness. We didn't sit there for 20 minutes. <laughs> She's so vivid with every color, every detail. I mean, if the the tablecloth was a little crooked, I mean, it's like, oh, spare me, Lord. But, you know, you're not a young child anymore. You can interpret your own dreams now. (laughs) So how we see the good news of, oh, did I read this? Okay. Parable of the Sower. Matthew 13, 23 says, But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also bears fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So you might have some kind of, you know, dream about, you know, we've even had like a, the picture, which we've got several times, by the way. They were sowing, you know, in the soil, the seed. Some were growing, some were smaller, right? You know, so this might be something, if you had a dream where you saw some plants coming up and some seeds being planted, but they all weren't the same size. They were maybe some just barely starting and others were just really flourishing. What would you think of that if God showed you that in a dream? For yourself, what would you think of that? I need to hear comments. What would you think? If you had, there was soil, there were rows, and they were being planted as seeds. You could see seeds there. Some were tall, some were short, some were medium size, and some were not growing. What would the Lord tell you, Gloria? Not a consistent in prayer life could be a very good example. What else? You may have completed this. You're strong in this field, but you're starting to grow in this field. But this area over here, you planted a seed, but you're not doing it. You're not watering it. You're not doing anything to help it grow. Different levels of maturity. So, yes, Doug. Different levels of gifts. But God says there's seeds planted there. I don't want you to forget about it. Are you okay, Balance, yes. I mean, so some of you, apostolic, who was apostolic? Who, okay. Yes, apostolic, apostolic, apostolic. 
Somebody apostolic. So if there's apostolic calling on your life, apostolic, by the way, Chuck, apostolic in your life, then you've got to be well grounded in all five gifts. Where's your weakness? If you have a weakness, you need to work on it. Amen? And such a place as this. Hmm. Who'd have thought? Because most of you, if you have a prophet call in your life, you're weak there. You're weak. Maybe it's because man has made you feel weak. Maybe it's because you don't have enough faith. Maybe it's because you haven't done things pleasing to the Lord. Maybe it's you got to stir up that gift. Maybe it's you need to sit underneath the senior prophet. Amen? How we receive the good news of the gospels, gospel is determined by what our heart reveals. So if you saw that, you could say, where's my heart? Where's my heart? I mean, I like being in this area over here. It's kind of a safe zone, right? Like a pastor, for example. They could be in that safe zone just with that sheep right there. I'm just comfortable right here. I don't need to be out here. I don't need to be out here. I just like this little sheep right here, right? I'm going to tell you something. Starting a church is the most difficult thing you'll ever do. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people with the Prophecy Club, and I'll prophesy and speak for Train the Prophets too, hundreds of thousands of people, and then I have 50 of y'all. <laughs> I love you, I'm kidding. Well, kind of. I'm kind of kidding. I mean, because we're right here together, right? Amen? But that's, that's really where the heart is, is to... to Train and equip for you guys to continue to do the work of the ministry. And know where your foundation is. See, some leave and they forgot where their foundation was, right? Remember the foundation. Let me see you every once in a while. Speak to me every once in a while. Yeah, Philippe, you do, don't you? Stay in touch. Kenny, they stay in touch. Right? That's what it's all about. Where's the foundation? Where's the foundation? So uh, producing good soil is the ground we are standing on, flourishing and reproducing. Uh, some fell upon a rock, some fell among the thorns, some fell by the wayside, and some fell on good ground. But God wants all of it planted on good ground, and then you water it, right? You tend to it, you take care of it, amen? The parable of the mustard seed. In Mark 4.30 says, and he said, Whereunto shall they liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? See, this is a parable where it's comparing, all right? It is like a grain of a mustard seed, which when it's sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that can be in the earth. But when it is sown and it groweth up, it becomes greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So a ministry is going to start small, but it's going to grow. And you might be saying, God, I don't want to have something that's going to wait. Well, you better just change your mind. <laughs> if you don't, you get destroyed. You get eaten up and you get so disheartened that you're going to leave the ministry anyway. Uh, parable of the net. I'm going to keep on going because I'm running out of time. But the unmerciful servant, remember he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me thou owest. And so God, he's trying to show, if you have some kind of dream like that and it's you or somebody's doing this to you, if maybe it's on the other end, but there's forgiveness that has to take place, right? You have to cancel that debt in the name of Jesus. All right, so the questions you would need to ask regarding a dream. Anytime there's a dream, 
and vision, for that matter, anytime there's a dream, ask the Lord, what is the moral lesson? Yeah, take a picture of this. It's not in the book. Oh, now y'all can. Okay. What is the moral lesson? Is the dream speaking to yourself? A situation that you've been struggling with? Always start there. What are the consequences the dream is teaching? What's the beginning, the middle, and the end? Most of the time, my dreams start at the end because I'm a prophet. I see the end. And then I got to figure out what's the middle, what's the beginning. <laughs> right? That's just kind of always the way he works with me, but I know that, so I know what I need to do. But what's the beginning, what's the middle, and what's the end? The reasons dreams come from us, from, excuse me, from God. By the way, none of this is about dreams. It's on in the book. They come to us for a variety of reasons. They communicate the heart of the Lord visually. The reasons they come from God is they're going to get you on your face before him and you're going to get into prayer. Now, you may receive a dream. You don't know whether it's from the Lord or not. That's okay. But you spend time praying, ask the Lord to give you interpretation, see if there's more understanding about it. And if nothing happens, again, like Felicia said, you just put it up on the shelf. But you always reverence that dream as if it is from God. And you take time in your sleepiness that you don't want to get out of bed with. Do you keep a pad by your bed? Yeah. You journal. Yeah. You journal. Yeah. When you wake up, yeah. Right, right. What do you think? Good. Good for you. Then the Lord speaks to her because she's like, because she's reverencing if God is speaking to her and what he's saying. It has saved you many things, hasn't it? And for Kenny's life too, right? Amen. So so you're going to spend time in prayer when you are receiving that. But you want, to, you want to be able to write it down, record it. Sam used to keep a recorder right by the bed. I just get up and I start typing it out on the, on, the, on the laptop. But don't just fall back to sleep thinking you're going to remember it when you get up. God says you don't reverence it, you're not giving it back. Not happening. So then you're panicking, you're frantic going, oh, tonight, Lord, give me that dream back. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And sometimes he will. But a lot of times he just won't. He'll move along, give it to somebody else. Uh, it's, uh, you, so it's also going to be the dream. The reason the dreams come is for decorations, proclamations of things to come so that you could declare it and you can prophesy that it's going to come to pass in Jesus' name. It also could be a revelation of future events. Remember, we're all intercessors. That's where it starts. It doesn't mean you just get a dream about America. You type it up and you send it out, put it out on the Internet. When you haven't even taken time to pray. You haven't even taken time to say, Lord, should I release this? You know, one of the things that just... Hang on. Um, somebody can make me happy. Arm sweat. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I 
I'm teasing my son. <laughs> Toe jam and everything, God. <laughs> That's a side joke y'all won't understand unless you've been here all week. It's funny. He's like, I can do that because he's my son. My spirit. Okay, so making a, uh, a revelation of future events. In other words, they don't spend the time with the Lord thinking if they should even release it. Then I have some people say, you know, I'm not supposed to release this yet. Then, then don't say anything to me. Oh, I had this, I had this important dream from God, and, but I'm not supposed to tell you what it is. I'm not supposed to release it. Pride! Pride! Like, I'm special. God spoke to me, but I'm not going to tell anybody what it said yet. Then why even say it? I want the present opened now. I mean, if anybody's doing that because they've heard somebody else doing it, stop it. Can't release it. Hogwash. Baloney. Did I just speak truth? Amen. God communicating his purpose for yourself or others and reveals the plans and the attacks of the enemy. That's what a lot of dreams are doing so that you can get up and do warfare. You prayer warriors, you didn't come this weekend to not be a prayer warrior, right? You didn't come to just stay in the same little stoop that you're in. Amen? Now, some dreams are demonic. So, again, let's say it's for somebody else, some type of demonic dream you're having for somebody else. Do you pick up the phone and say, Hey, Sally, I had this dream that the snake was slithering up the bed, coming in and putting his, 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 choking you your neck, and you're going to die. <laughs> Don't think I hadn't heard this before. Right? What do you do? I immediately... I pray and I cancel it off my friend in the name of Jesus. And I said, you shall have no part of her in the name of Jesus. I cancel the plans and attacks over Sally right now in Jesus' name. And I command you, Python spirit, you go and get out of her place. And out of her life in Jesus' name. Then, these are important words. You don't rehearse it. You don't bring it up. And you don't speak of it again. You don't rehearse it. You don't speak it. What was the other thing I said? Don't speak of it again. Why? Because then it's out in the atmosphere. Then they have, yes, and they are thinking they have all full rights. You cancel it. You also speak against fear. That's coming into that person. So whether it's for against you with that demonic dream or someone else, that's what you need to do. Some dreams, you're just kind of having some good dreams, just kind of floating in the air, mean nothing. Some of these demonic dreams could be just because you did eat pizza. It really does change. It does make a difference. Um, why dreams? Dreams from God are spirit-driven of importance. Some dreams do not make any sense. They don't have any logic to them. Some dreams are given to give a message. And some dreams are considered nightmares. And some are very demonic. Some are very demonic, but you cancel them. Don't accept them. Mm-mm. Every time I wake up, man, I had this horrible dream. Stop. Don't even want to hear it. What are you supposed to do? 
What did I tell you to do, Stan? Cancel it. I rebuke it. Cancel it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Cancel it. So don't even give it to me. Don't speak it. I'm not going to hear it. Nope, not doing it. Now, dreams. They really come many times from the subconscious memory. So everything that you see, hear, events, good, bad, ugly, are retained in the subconscious memory. So you need to be careful what you're surrounding your mind with. Dreams don't necessarily come to us from the subconscious, but can be influenced from our subconscious. And dreams are a form of spirit communication. So what spirit are you hanging around? That'll answer a lot of your questions right now. <laughs> uh, dreams are a form of spirit communication like television, music, news, etc. Any media is spirit-driven. You know, um, I'll get to it in here a minute. That's why I pray over the mind, the conscious, the subconscious, and the subliminal areas are covered in the blood of Jesus. I cover my mind, conscious, subconscious, subliminal areas, and all communication coming to you from around and concerning me every night as I lay my head in on the pillow. If I'm going to have a dream, I want to be from God. Other than that, I want to sleep well. By the way, I mean, there's some that have a lot of dreams, but... When someone starts having dream after dream after dream after dream, night after night after night after night, I tend to shut them out. Huh? Problem. I mean, Isaiah is the biggest book in the Bible, and some people have a book that's this thick because this dream, this dream, this dream, this dream. It's just, it's, it's, it's a lie. Again, we're in the spirit realm, right? Too long, Sydney? Get to the spirit realm too long. Now, the conscious and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is your logical mind. It receives information from your five senses. It's where you think, you rationalize. The logic rules the day in the conscious mind. However, the conscious, and conscious mind does not control our actions. Our actions are almost exclusively controlled by the subconscious mind. The mind is largely ruled by emotions and instinct. Its job is to help us meet our needs and urges, reproduction, food, thirst, safety, intimacy, and many others. It's a very powerful force. It doesn't reason or judge. It simply acts, often commanding your actions, often commanding what you're going to dream. Now, together, these two minds work together to determine your actions. They can bring you success or failure, happiness or anxiety, achievement or frustration. It is all in the way you use them. You cannot, out, you cannot outperform your image of yourself that is stored in the subconscious mind. That's why some people have a difficult time overcoming right? Overcoming that um, shame and guilt and things of that sort because they, it's, it's in their subconscious mind and they go back to that rejection over and over and over again. This is what often prevents us from succeeding. Have you ever not asked someone on a date for the fear of them saying no? Yeah. Or not applied for a job because you feel failure? We're not to fear. We're supposed to persevere. Amen. Um, keep going. What is your source of input coming from? Where is it? What is that source? This is important. You know, are you spending time in the Word? Are you spending time with the Lord? Are you spending time, um, some praise and worship around you? You know, what is the source of your that's income coming into your mind? Negative news constantly? Music? What kind of music? Uh, anything of demonic agenda? 
Again, spending time in the Word. Because understand, what you hang around is what you become. That's not just people. Ephesians 1.17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. What kind of spirit are you hanging around? Are you hanging around evil principalities and powers and rulers of darkness? Uh, start passing around my power, my perfect touch so everybody can anoint your head and anoint your ears, please. Everyone dreams, usually one to two hours a night. Even animals dream. You see them. <laughs> Only Missy's. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, dreams, because we process the day, dreams are healing to our brains, actually, they say. And we usually dream four to six dreams in a night, but we, most people forget what they dream. Ask the Lord to help you have remembrance. Man, I smell roses. Okay, I'll hurry up. All right, so do we dream in color, black and white? How many people dream in color? Most of you. How many dream in black and white? You do both? Okay, you do both? Okay. So a lot of times I say, I mean, because I dream in color. Um, mine are, you know, usually pretty detailed, but I dream in, I dream in color. And some of these things that are, um, they said, in this, I don't know that I believe this, but that if you watch black and white TV, then you're mostly going to dream in black and white. But you're too young to do that, so it can't be because of black and white TV. <laughs> and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter whether it's, it's, it's color or not. You know, you can, you've had those dreams where you're flying and jumping Waking up naked in school. Anybody have that kind of stuff? Oh, oh. am I right? Uh, your teeth falling out or exams like you have, you're have. you in school and you have an exam and it's a big old F. Right? <laughs> you got to cancel that. Amen? Uh, the dream may re be, seem real while we're having it, but when we wake, we can't distinguish the difference between the real and not real. Yeah? Or it's so real in the dream, and you get up and you start typing it out or writing it out, and you're like, that didn't even make sense. Right? Yeah, it's mixed up, and so then you just press in. And then with me, what happens is I'm starting typing, and all of a sudden there's a revelation. Oh, there's more, and it's like I saw all of a sudden I saw more detail of the dream. That happens, right? But do not add to your own thoughts. Be careful not to do that, because that would be easy to do. Uh, people that do gaming fight more in dreams. Hmm. Yeah, what a shock. All right, there you go. Eat, sleep, game, repeat. Eat, sleep, game, repeat. <laughs> How do you remember your dreams? Here we go. Number one, you pray before going to sleep that you'll remember the dreams from the Lord. Number two, you keep the pen and paper or laptop, whatever, recorder, whatever, by your bed. You plead the blood of Jesus over your mind, conscious, subconscious, subliminal areas, and all communication from the Lord. When you wake, you write down the time and everything you can do to remember, even if it's a small detail. You could set an alarm a bit earlier than you usually awake to see if this will help you to recall the dream. Anybody have that dream where you think, okay, I'll just wait a few more moments, and then I'll get up, and I'll start writing it out. Then I'll start typing it out, and then... Oh, no, I just fell back to sleep. 
Yeah, kind of experienced that myself. So what I do now is um, I'm waking up because I've had this dream. I look at the clock, so it's on our ceiling. I look at the time, and I'll worry about the date later because I'm still dazed. But I'll look at the time, and then I'll start processing it for a little bit and trying to remember all the detail about it. And then I get up and I start typing. So you can delay a little bit. This is what I did to think about the dream. Work on getting the best sleep you can. You may want to avoid caffeine. Avoid Caffeine doesn't bother me, but some people does. Some may need to exercise more. Um, avoid eating prior to going to sleep. You may need to avoid electronics or like TV and stuff. Pardon? <laughs> and then you're the nightmare to Chuck. <laughs> He'll go. No more nightmares, honey. Have that caffeine. Have that exercise. All right, I'm not going to go through these. These are some dreams in the Bible. You know them. You can read them yourself. All right, now, not every dream is from God. Not every thought is from God. This is the problem with the charismatic Christians. They think every thought that enters their mind, that's God. God tell me this. God tell me that. God tell me to come here. God tell me not to go there. God, God, God. You liar. Come on, we are real. We're people. We're human. And we have our own thoughts. And God gave us wisdom. Ask for wisdom. So not every dream is from God and not every thought is from God. Some teach that, by the way. It's wrong. Not every, you know that. You'll just use your common sense. Not every dream is from God, right? Uh, most dreams are from our natural thoughts. They are, in, are from our subconscious uh, can access and understanding ourselves, but not from the Holy Spirit. So how do you recognize if it's from God? I'll hurry through this. Number one, is there a supernatural sign? So there'll be a supernatural sign in the dream if it's from God. Is it about the future? Is it something you wouldn't ordinarily know? Um, those are kind of things that you need to find out if that supernatural sign is. If usually it's something a little bit about the future most of the time, but there's always something that signals it's from the Lord because it's information you would not have norm normally thought of. Does the dream confirm? Does it confirm? Maybe not immediately, but does it confirm after you have time to process it? Uh, something you dreamt happened the next day, right? Uh, did someone tell you about a situation that was a repeat of your dream, and then all of a sudden, Whoa, that just confirmed that dream. I had this happen to me this weekend. You were coming up. That just confirmed, Leslie. Uh, did the dream play out like you dreamed? Do not manipulate the signs, right? Do not manipulate it to make it to seem like it's from the Lord. Number two, the Lord wants to communicate with us. So is the Lord conversing with us like an ongoing conversation? If we ask the Lord prior to going to sleep to give us a dream about ourselves, the conversation may take place over several days to several weeks. He will gently reprove us and desires to spend time with us. So happy he's gentle with me. I cry anyway, but I'm so happy he's gentle with me. Is the dream showing an answer to a prayer? Is the Lord correcting you? These are the questions you always ask yourself before you try to make it for somebody else. Is the Lord changing a direction of a way that I think we, I was going? Uh, begin to recognize his voice, and dreams like these are a way to hear, recognize, and obey the Lord. Number three, dream contains divine revelation. Is there a confirmation with inside of you? 
with your own spirit man? Does it stay with you all day? That's a key. Even after you've typed it up, is it staying with you for a while? Does it answer a question? Does it give a plan of things happening around you? Does it line up with scripture? Did it leave a lasting impression? Does it sound like Jesus speaking? Those are questions you need to ask. Dreams are not necessarily realistic, even though they seem like it when you're dreaming it. Then you get up and you're going, that was really weird. Uh, it's common for visions to be realistic, however, though. There's a difference between the visions. There's a difference between dreams. Sometimes, most, A lot of times with me, dreams turn into a vision. Dreams, and then I wake up, I have a vision, and I see it. So, But it, it's more realistic, all right? Uh, pray to receive dreams and visions. Okay, let me, pay, let me do this transfer to you. So you just anointed yourself with oil, true? Um, Sunhi, you and I, you go on this side. I'm going to go on this side. So for those of you that are watching online, I want you to anoint your forehead. I want you to anoint your ears. I'm going to pray for a prayer for them. And then we're just going to come around on each side, um, pray for a transfer of dreams and visions for you with understanding. And I'm going to go ahead and pray for food because once you get prayed for, quietly, because I want to keep it quiet in here, you can go and help yourself for food. But God bless you, all of you that are watching online and on the live stream that have been partaking of this uh, prophetic conference. We will continue back with the prophetic conference at 1 p.m. So I ask that you just come back here shortly. But Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus, because there's no distance in the spirit realm, we release right now your transfer anointing for dreams and visions with interpretation of those dreams. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless.